We're going to continue now in our time of worship through opening up the Word of God. Many of you know that in this season, we've actually been in a teaching series entitled Trusting God in Uncertain Times. And in the past couple of weeks, we talked about how to trust God in the midst of fear. Last week, we looked at trusting God in the midst of mystery and unanswered questions. And this week, we're going to be looking at how to hold on to living hope during uncertain times. If you missed any of those messages, you can go back online and listen to them, catch up, share them with your friends and family as well, discuss them, and, uh, and continue to pray how God may be using all of this and all of us during this season. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. And I'll read a passage for us first in Spanish, and then I'll read the full passage in English. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the book that we love, from the Word of God, first in Spanish, then in English. Primero de Pedro, capítulo 1, versículo 3. Alabado sea Dios, Padre de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, por su gran misericordia, nos ha hecho nacer de nuevo mediante la resurrección de Jesucristo, para que tengamos una esperanza viva. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray together. Lord God, we just pray that today you would meet us in the midst of our questions, in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our confusion and our anxiety, especially in this uncertain time, Lord. Meet us just as we are. Lord, take your rightful place as the center of our lives, as the center of this faith family and church community, Lord. Would you do spiritual heart surgery on us, Lord? Give us new hearts and new minds that we would reflect your heart and your mind in this time. Help us to see you, O oh God, as the God that you are, 
a God who is quick to listen, slow to anger, and mighty to save. Lord, we look to you to be our hope in this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this season that we find ourselves, we've actually had to make a shift to being an online interactive faith community, and we really hope and pray that you can take full advantage of those resources that are made available on our website and our social media platform. There are some phone numbers and an email address that you can reach out to if you need prayer or pastoral care or any kind of need during this time as well. We've had to make that shift to being an online community in order to respond to the reality that is in front of us. Many of us have had to even work from home and even make that shift at work as well. Um, many are having online meetings or are having different uh, practices put into place through social distancing if you continue to actually go to work if you're an emergency worker or, or have another essential role. And I know that for myself in this week, many of my work meetings actually had to be shifted to an online format as well. So I got to have a lot of conversations with uh, different people, different pastors, different friends, and able to really just get a pulse on where we're at currently, just as a, as a church, as a community, um, as a society, really. And as I've continued to, to pray, I've been able to really just um, discern a little bit of this question of where we're at currently. It seems like each week there is a new development, and it seems to be completely honest, like every couple of hours, there are new realities in front of us that we need to respond to. And as I've continued to pray for you, for your family, and really for, um, for our church and for our society in this time, I've uh, come to, to begin to process some of this a bit. And I've realized that for many of us, including myself, there's a question behind the question. There's a thing behind the, the thing. Behind the frustration, behind the anxiety, behind the fear, there's really this question of restoration and redemption. That seems to be what everyone is thinking about. When will normality get restored? When will things change? When will we be able to redeem what we once had? When will we be able to restore some kind of order to what seems like disorder around us? These topics of redemption, renewal, they're all topics that point to the gospel. And for many of us, if it's not already at the tip of our tongues, I guarantee it's at the core of our hearts. We're asking these questions. We're wondering, is there restoration? Is there redemption in the midst of all of this? For some of us, instead of actually confronting that question behind the question or the thing behind the thing, we look to ways to just distract or suppress or become restless or anxious. And sometimes that can drive us to some not so helpful behavior or unhealthy behavior, or maybe we lose sleep over it and it keeps us up at night. But 
the reality is that at the core of some of the biggest questions in front of us during this season of our, of our lives, there is this question of redemption, restoration, and salvation. Is there an answer? Is what we're all wondering. When will this come to pass? Is there life after this? Is there hope? Perhaps this is what is on everybody's mind because it has to do with that exactly. With hope. The question behind the question and or behind the frustration or the anxiety, in my view, is the question, is hope still alive even in this uncertain time? We've talked about this before at Imago Church that all battleground is actually fought in the battleground of faith. We always have to ask ourselves, in who or in what am I trusting? It's never a matter of if we place our hope or faith in someone or something, but the question is, in who or in what have we placed our hope and faith in? And is that person or that thing or that idea, is that sufficient to satisfy the greatness of the human soul? Is that sufficient to carry you? Is that sufficient to be dependable on in an uncertain time? The Apostle Peter, in this passage that we read, he talks to a community that is suffering and experiencing persecution and unanswered questions. Peter proclaims and encourages this community by pointing to the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And just to be clear, the Apostle Peter here in this passage that we read, he's addressing a community of people that already follow Jesus, of people that witness to the living hope of Christ, of people that are actually Christians and people of faith, and yet they continue to experience suffering and turmoil. Just to be clear, Peter here is not addressing or writing to a group of happy-go-lucky hippie types. No. He's not just talking to folks that are in complete denial, saying, don't worry, be happy all the time. No. The Apostle Peter is addressing everyday people like you and me. People who have encountered suffering, setbacks, hardships, and disappointments, especially in times like this. And it is to such a community that the Apostle Peter talks to about a living hope. Peter begins by discussing the origins of this living hope, and he says that new birth is the origin of living hope. He goes on to say that this hope to which we cling on to occurs through the resurrection. The resurrection is the hope that will never die because Jesus is alive. That's the hope that we cling on to. La esperanza que tenemos es una esperanza que no morirá porque Jesucristo Vive. The hope that we have is alive because Jesus is alive. Death could not contain him. And so it is with the hope that is offered to us 
through the resurrection. Friends, brothers, sisters, even death cannot contain our hope. Circumstances, disappointments, setbacks, canceled plans, shutdowns, all of that works until it doesn't and can't sustain our hope. And in this season, it is important to name that all of that worked until it didn't. This is where we find ourselves, here and now. This is the reality that we're responding to here and now. Our hope through the resurrection is a living hope, rooted and grounded in what God has done for all of humanity through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Nuestra esperanza está basada en lo que Dios ha hecho por medio de Jesucristo. Notice here that the Apostle Peter does not say that our hope is rooted and grounded in either our own vice or our own virtue, or in what we have done well or in what we have done unwell. No, the living hope that we cling on to, that we hold on to in uncertain times, is a hope that is rooted and grounded not in what we have done, but in who God is. The hope that we have is based on who God is and on what God has done. He is the source and the root of our hope. Friends, brothers, sisters, the reality is this. Basing our hope in our own works, in our own circumstances, that is insufficient hope. Basing our hope on just what's around us, that is insufficient hope. It may work for a little while, but it will not stand. However, if the foundation of our hope is only based on our best instincts or our own personality, or in our desires for affirmation from others, or in our comparisons to others, or in our work status, or in this tough time, in our lack of work status, or if we're, hope, if, if we're desiring to gain some kind of hope from empty praise from others, then that hope will eventually result in being nothing more than sinking sand. Some of us are seeing this sinking sand unfold right in front of us this week. Esperanza fuera de Dios no es esperanza viva. But our hope, who, those who place their trust in Jesus, and anyone that's watching this, you're invited to do that today. Place your trust, place your hope in Him. Our hope is in the rock that doesn't move even when the hardest waves of this life come crashing down. Jesus Christ is the solid rock in which we stand. Now, I don't know about you, but one thing that really brings me a lot of comfort are, are two of my great passions. I love music, and I love history. And so this week, something that's brought me a lot of comfort has really been 
um, listening to and being comforted by some songs that have lasted the test of time. Some of those songs that the people of God have been singing for many, many years. And one of those songs that's really blessed my heart and ministered to me in this week has been a song that some of us know, perhaps some of us don't, but we'll learn it all together here today. It's the song entitled Solid Rock that reminds us about Jesus Christ being the hope that we have. It's a song that says this, and if you know the song, you can sing, along, sing it along right where you are, or you can just hear it and let it minister to you. Let it be what you can hold on to, one of the things to hold on to during this new week. The song Solid Rock reminds us in its lyrics that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Cristo es la roca sólida de nuestra esperanza viva. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My question for us is this. What if we really believed this hope to be true? Not just in concept, but in reality, like we talked about last week. What if we believed in the living hope through the resurrection that the Apostle Peter is talking about and proclaiming? If we really believed that as our reality, what would change? What would we have less of? Perhaps we can ask ourselves, what would we have more of as well? Let's start with, what would we have less of? Perhaps going into this week, a little less fear? Less anxiety, less hurry, perhaps less panic buying. And on the other hand, what would we have more of in our lives as we go into this week holding on to the living hope that doesn't move? If we lived as if this hope of the resurrection were true, then maybe, just maybe, that fear and that anxiety which defines so many of us during this time, by the power of the resurrection, that could be traded for greater peace, greater joy, and greater courage. Friend, brother, sister, remember that if you place your trust, your hope in Jesus Christ, that means that you have been given a spirit of courage. You have a spirit of courage, not a spirit of fear, as it says in the book of 2 Timothy. So if this is true, then how do we live it out? The way that we live out this living hope is through the application of faith. And friends, the application of faith is called trust. Faith cannot be understood until it is believed and practiced and lived out. Trust takes us on one of the longest journeys that we can go on in the spiritual life. And that's the...
journey from the head to the heart. Today, we are invited to trust. We are invited to hold on to the promises, to the presence, and to the power of God, even against all odds, against all circumstances that we find ourselves in. I love how we can find reminder after reminder in the scriptures of, of just this promise of living hope. Philippians 1.6, we're reminded that of this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Then, once again, in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, we're reminded that the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. This call that we have is a call to trust in the living hope. A living hope that is real and a hope that gives us courage. In this season, it is so necessary in our city, in our world, in our community, in our society to be able to hold on to a living hope that gives us courage. This area really needs it. Those that we're at home with, they really need this living hope. Because every single day, we're hearing case after case, and it can feel like the walls are just closing in. We need a living hope. And the good news is that we have access to this living hope through the death and resurrection of Jesus. You know, my heart goes out to all of the parents out there who currently have children at home, and my heart goes out to all of the kids and students and youth from our church family that are really just treading on and doing what you have to do during this time and season. My word of encouragement to all of you, to families, is just to continue to press on, trust in God, Keep going. Hold on to the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Give each other grace. Give each other mercy. Let Jesus be the buffer between you, especially as uh, things can sometimes get a little challenging being together 24-7. But parents, I do want to share with you some reading tips that I did this week to give some of us some tips on the best way to manage working from home while homeschooling during this social distancing season that we find ourselves in. And uh, this is a, a blog that I read this week. It's from a blogger called The Impactologist. And he gave all of us parents uh, three, the three tips for working from home. So these are the top three tips for working from home. And he puts them in order of importance, um, uh, first, second, third, the third being the most important. So these are his top three tips for working from home. Tip number one, put a lock on the inside of your home. Uh, put a lock on the inside of your home office door to ensure that there will be awkward and unplanned interruptions. Tip number two, agree with your family and children on times that you will be available 
for questions, for opening jars, and playing with kids. And then tip number three, and this is the most important one. Accept that none of these tips will actually work and you're just going to have to work at night when the kids are asleep. All joking aside, parents, fathers, mothers, children, siblings, all those who are playing your part during this, this season, during this time. Right now, I want to encourage you, you're doing it. Keep up the good work. Right now, all of us are having to practice laying down our lives and suffering a bit for the sake of others. And that's actually what the power of the cross teaches us. All of us are living into that in different ways, in different contexts during this time. So my encouragement as your pastor, as your spiritual leader, as your friend, as a fellow parent, as someone also going through this with you, is keep going and keep at it. The reality is that living hope applies at all seasons, and living hope can apply to the season we're going through right now as a people. But it can also be applied to those that have experienced some of the greatest hardships in their lives. I think about one person that I met several years ago who was a mother that was experiencing some, some time of grieving because she actually went through what, many, what no parent ever wants to go through. She actually lost a child before that child was 20 years old. And a few years ago, I got to meet this grieving mother. And this was actually when I first arrived here in the Central Valley and really was open to meeting all kinds of people and just saw how God really um, drove me to have a lot of what I call divine appointments or only God moments. And I got to meet this grieving mother a few days after she had lost her son. And uh, she, she and her husband actually called me up and they said that they had no pastor, they had no church, they had very limited resources and they asked if I could help them with uh, the funeral of their son. And so I really prayed on it and really felt uh, led and moved to move forward in this and to help them. So I agreed to officiate their funeral. And all cards on the table, full disclosure, this passage that we're reading this morning in 1 Peter is a passage that means a lot to me on a personal level. And this passage is often the passage that I go to when I officiate funerals. It's a passage that has the power to really comfort people that are grieving. And the reality is that right now, in this time, in this, in this season that we're in, many of us are grieving in all kinds of ways, in all, in all types of circumstances. So back to the mother, I agreed to do the funeral and I'm going to read to you from my manuscript that I read when I uh, officiated this funeral. And some of these are the exact words that I shared with that grieving family and particularly with that grieving mother during this challenging time that she was going through. I read the passage that we read this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, and I talked about the living hope through the resurrection. Then I shared the following words, and I'll be reading to you from my notes 
that I wrote on that funeral. I said the following, Today, as we are rightfully mourning, yet we are also gathered in a worship service that witnesses to the resurrection. May we trust in the person of Jesus Christ and the hope of the resurrection more than we do in ourselves, more than we do in other people, in places, in circumstances, or in outcomes. Above all, may we trust in the living hope of Jesus even more than we fear death. Afterwards, I was unsure how those words landed or how they were received by the family during that time. And I actually felt a bit insecure because I, I, I didn't know um, really what to do, but I knew I needed to go to the family and share my condolences. And so I went over to them to try to comfort them, to listen to them, and, and to just share in, in their grief and pray with them. The mother was at the very end of the row, and she just could not stop crying. She just couldn't stop weeping. I thought maybe I really did it this time. Maybe I was a bit too insensitive, or I said something the wrong way, and it just didn't land well. And so eventually, when I got to this mother at the end of the row, I extended my, my hand out to her. And this mother didn't take my hand. Instead, she actually just embraced me and she held me and was crying on my chest. She was crying uncontrollably on my chest. And the only words that I could make out that she was saying during that time were the words, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She was thanking God for the living hope that we have that goes beyond death. A living hope that goes beyond circumstances. A living hope that goes beyond situations that are completely out of our control. A living hope that we have access to here and now. It is a hope that is based on God's calling and God's faithfulness. And friends, brothers, sisters, as we press on this week, as we trust God in uncertain times, may we make the journey from the head to the heart. And may we be reminded that all other hope is sinking sand. It is only on Jesus Christ, the living hope, the solid rock on which we will stand. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we pray that this week you would be the one to carry us, Lord. Some of us perhaps feel like we have limited or no more strength to continue to press on. So we just pray, God Almighty, that you would be our living hope. Carry us, Lord.
Give us the courage and the strength to be able, even be able to reach out to one another, Lord, in creative, interactive ways, Lord, to be able to carry one another in this time as well. Touch us today, O oh Lord. Speak to us. Comfort us. Give us peace. A peace that goes beyond understanding, knowledge, or circumstance. Manifest and reveal yourself to us in unique and personal ways this week, Lord. Show up, God. And help us, Lord, to continue to press on, trusting in you always. We love you, Lord. And we pray all these things in the faithful name of Jesus Christ, our living hope. Amen.